Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Hey, everybody. Good morning. And uh, welcome to Coastal, and welcome to all you guys tuning in online. It's great seeing you uh, both near and far. Uh, we got people all around the world, all around the country tuning in, our growing online community, joining all you beautiful people today. I am, I'm like Chris, man, I am pumped about next weekend. I'm pumped about today, by the way. Hey, by the way, we've had uh, a lot of people kind of coming in, and uh, so if, if you see people kind of looking for a seat, you know, kind of scoot in and make room for people, letting people know. I always tell People. There's always a couple of seats right up here by me, Scott. So I know everybody's just dying to come sit on the very front row next to Pastor Chris. Um, but uh, Pastor Jones is right. Uh, invite and bring some folks uh, over the next uh, over Easter weekend. It's going to be uh, phenomenal. Uh, raise your hand if you've seen a yard sign, gotten a postcard. Everybody, raise your hand. If you've got one of these or seen a yard sign somewhere out and about. Guess what? If you've seen one, that means your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, they've seen one too, and it's going to make it really, really simple for you to extend a simple invitation. In fact, that's what I want us to talk about today, uh, invitations, invitations. You know, we, uh, we give them, we receive them all of the time, right? I mean, we invite somebody to join with us uh, uh, to watch the game. Uh, we invite friends to, to go to the movies. We invite friends out to, to lunch, uh, out, out to dinner. You were on Facebook, right? Uh, those of you who are old, right? Right? We're still on Facebook. Um, we, uh, we invite, we send a friend request, invite someone to be our friend. Uh, wedding invitations, shower invitations, birthday invitations. We're extending invitations all the time. But today, I want us to talk about an invitation that we can offer that is potentially more life-changing than any other invitation. It is an invitation for people to come and check out Jesus for themselves. It's it's an invitation for, for people to come to church with you. Now, to do that, we're going to look at a really cool story found uh, in the book of John uh, in the New Testament. And I want to give you a little bit of context about the story before we dig into it. So at this time, uh, John the Baptist was a great prophet, and he'd been telling everybody that the Messiah, the one that they had been you know, prophesying about, the one that they had been telling people about, uh, was coming, that God was going to send the Messiah. He was about to come. And when Jesus did come, he met with John the Baptist, and uh, John the Baptist had a lot of people who were following him. He had built up a a following of of himself. And and now John started telling, telling all of his followers, hey, stop following me. We are now all going to follow Jesus. So Andrew was one of John's followers that began to follow Jesus. And that's where the story picks up. So follow along as I read it out loud. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who had heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Now underline that phrase right there, that Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus, underline it, star it, highlight it. Looking intently at Simon, 
Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, this is the same Peter who goes on to become one of Jesus' early disciples and uh, one of the leaders in the early church. And then it continues. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethesda, uh, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we found the very person that Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Now, notice that he's kind of nasty about Nazareth, right? I mean, he is. Nazareth was basically a, a hick town, you know, and it also had a, a military post there, a Roman military post, so no Jewish person in their right mind ever wanted to go to Nazareth. It'd almost be like saying today, Goose Creek, you know? <laughs> Can anything good come from Duck Ditch? No, um, uh, just joking, all of you from, from Goose Creek. Um, so Philip doesn't argue with him, though. But instead, he says this, come and see for yourself. Now, I want you to underline that phrase, too, this morning. Come and see for yourself. As they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Now, really simply, here's what I want you to notice today. Peter and Nathanael's lives are forever changed because they meet and encounter Jesus, okay? In fact, their lives are forever turned upside down radically for the good. But, and this is big, Peter never would have encountered Jesus had his brother Andrew never loved him enough to invite him to come and meet him. Nathaniel never would have received the eternal life that Jesus has to offer had his friend, Philip, you know, not cared enough about him to invite him to come with him and to see Jesus for himself. And so the point that I want to make today is we close out this series called Impact. And we've talked about, you know, sharing your story, sharing your faith. The point that I want to make today is, listen, there are people in your life that are never, ever going to experience the life-changing, life-altering love of God that only comes through Jesus unless you invite them to come and see it for themselves. You and I literally have the chance to change somebody's life for all eternity, the trajectory of, of generations, by simply inviting them to come and to see for themselves what Jesus is all about. In fact, write that down today if you're taking notes. My invitation to attend church can make an eternal impact, can make an eternal impact. In fact, today I want us to spend the rest of our time looking at five things, five simple things that have got to happen in your life if our invitations are truly going to make an impact. So here's number one. 
I must believe that Jesus changes lives. I must really believe that Jesus changes lives. You see, the reason that Andrew was so quick to bring his brother Peter is that he knew that if he could just get him in front of Jesus, if he could just have contact with Jesus, that his life would be changed. And the reason Philip is so excited, you know, about bringing Nathaniel to come check out Jesus is because he knew, he just knew that if he could meet Jesus, that if he could have, you know, an encounter with Jesus, that it would forever change him. You see, it all starts with you. You gotta believe this. You gotta believe the, the power in the power of Jesus to actually forever change the lives of people. That your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family, that they really need Jesus. You know, it's that simple. In fact, the Bible tells us that, you know, when somebody says yes to Jesus, basically two things happen. One is that person receives eternal life, right? I mean, when you met Jesus, when you came to faith, you, you were, in that moment, you had eternal life. When somebody says yes to Jesus, and they ask Jesus to, to come into their life, you know, they turn their back on their, their former life, they turn their back on their sin, and they begin to follow him. The Bible says that Jesus comes into our life, he forgives every sin, he secures our home in heaven for all eternity. 2 Timothy 1.10 says, And now he has made all this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality. Through what? Through the good news. That's what happened when you said yes to Jesus. We will say, we will spend an eternity with God. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to worry about what happens when we die. Jesus comes into our life, and it is forever, eternally taken care of. Our sin has been wiped away. When Jesus, when God one day looks at, looks, looks at you, when you stand before him in judgment, he is gonna say, perfect. Not because of you, not because you're good enough, because you're not. Neither am I, but Jesus is. And our sin has been covered by Jesus. But secondly, we need to understand this. Jesus didn't just promise eternal life. It's more than that. He promised to bring purpose and meaning and fulfillment and power and peace into our lives right here and right now, he promises everyone who might be carrying a burden, a weight on your shoulder, whatever it might be, you ready for this? He will carry it for you. Look at Jesus' own words in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Then Jesus said, come to me, come to me, all of you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Is there anybody here today that might say, Pastor Chris, let me tell you something. That's me. That's me. I am in that category. I came in here today and I am weary. I am carrying a heavy load, a heavy burden. I, I am I, I'm to the point where I am overwhelmed and I am, I am worn out. 
And Jesus says, if you are weary and that's you, listen, come to me and I will give you rest. Now, does anybody know anyone where you live, work, parent, and play who might fall under those categories? That might feel like they are carrying around, they're living underneath a burden of, of fear or shame or regret, or brokenness, or debt? Do you know people in your life who are carrying such a weight on their shoulders that they are barely, they feel like they can barely survive? I think we all do. We all know people like that. And here's what we believe. If, if, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, that he can make all the difference in the world. That he will take that burden on his own shoulders. That he will carry it. Let me ask you. Do you really believe that your friend's life would be better if they knew Jesus? I mean, do you believe that? Do you believe that that coworker that sits next to you at work, do you feel like their life could possibly better be better if they had a, an encounter with Jesus? Do you believe that that person who sits next to you, that girl who sits next to you in Spanish or economics, do you feel like, man, if they got to know Jesus, their life would be forever changed? Do you think that, that Jesus could transform your family if everyone knew him? You see, my, my simple point this morning is, man, if we believe this stuff, I mean, if we know it in the core of our soul, then at the very least, we owe them an invitation to come and see and check out Jesus for themselves. To come, you know, an invitation to come to church with you. Hey, would you be my friend? Would you come? Because here at Coastal, here's what we believe. Nobody, nobody is beyond the grace of God. I mean, we are all just fellow sinners in need of a Savior, many of whom have found one, have found Jesus. And Easter weekend, listen, there is still something powerful about the resurrection. Easter now is five days away. Our first Easter service, five days away. And it is the perfect opportunity for you to invite somebody to come with you. Now, I really believe this. I know this in the core of my soul. I believe that this year here at Coastal, there are some marriages, there are some families that are on the brink of despair and destruction, and they are going to be saved here at Coastal this year. I believe that there are people who are, who are under the bondage of addiction and depression or unforgiveness and this year, they are going to be set free in these walls. I believe that there are a lot of people today, your friends, your neighbors, who feel like they are a long, long way away from God, that they could never come home, that they could never be good enough, that they could never measure up, but they are going to come here this year, and they are going to hear the good news. They are going to get connected with God for the very first time. They are going to come home, or they're going to come back home after being away for a very long time. I believe that. I believe that lives are transformed here. But here's the catch. It don't matter what we do here. 
if the people in your life who are hurting and broken aren't here. And maybe, just maybe, the only person that can invite them is you. And maybe that's why God put you in their life in the first place. You see, we simply need to start by believing that what we say here at this place is actually true. That people need Jesus and he changes lives. Not just for eternity, but here and now. That's number one. Number two, we need to recognize that Jesus wants to use me. He wants to use me. He wants to use you. You see, God has you right where he wants you for a reason and for a season. Where you live, work, parent, or play, God's got you right where he wants you. You are his missionary. You are. That's exactly how you ought to see your life. If you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are his missionary, and he wants to use you to influence the people and the circumstances and the situations in your life. You see, Philip was in Nathaniel's life for a reason. Andrew was Peter's brother for a reason. God wanted to use them. Now, here's the truth. When you go back to work tomorrow, you may very well be the only follower of Jesus in your workplace. So instead of complaining all the time, about how terrible it is where you work and nobody loves God here, nobody goes to church, maybe, just maybe, you ought to open up your eyes to the mission field that God has put you in and say, you know what? Maybe he's put me here so that just maybe I could show people the love, the wonderful grace of God and show them what a follower of Jesus looks like. I mean, who else? If not you, who? Who else is going to show your co-workers, you know, what a follower of Jesus looks like? Who else is going to invite them to a place where they're going to hear the good news of the gospel? When you go to school tomorrow, you might very well be the only follower of Jesus in your class. If you don't reach out to them, if you don't love them, if you don't show them what a follower of Jesus looks like, who else is going to do it? You might be the only Christian in your friend's life. You might be the only follower of Jesus in your family. Now, here's what all that means. If you're waiting on other people to do it, you may be waiting for an invitation that never happens. Now, let me tell you the good news. Here's what we're going to do here at Coastal. Man, we are going to do everything in our power to help you to equip you, to give you the tools. And then we're gonna do everything as a church as well to, you know, to go out ahead of you, right? You know, we say here at Coastal, man, we're gonna provide the air support. We're gonna you know, put on social media all the ads. We're gonna you know, postcards and mailers and we're gonna go out and serve and love our community. People are gonna see those trucks and vans and all the work that we're doing around the city. They're gonna see that. We're gonna provide the air support. But here's the truth. The number one reason still to this day that people come to the church for the very first time, in fact, it's not even close. The number one way that people find a church and and start getting connected is because a friend invites them. 
Because a friend reaches out and cares enough about them to extend an invitation to come and see what it's all, all about. We provide the air support. You're the ground troops. So number one, we believe this stuff, that Jesus can change lives. Number two, we recognize that he wants to use you. And number three, identify people in my sphere of influence to invite. Hey, let's, let's identify them. Let's just seriously think, up, think it through. Identify the people in my sphere of influence to invite. Now, again, this is where I do want you to put your thinking caps on this morning. Do a little, do a little writing, okay? I want you to prayerfully identify the people in your life that God might want to use you to invite them to come to church, even next week, okay? So I want you to think about and identify the people who are not yet followers of Jesus in your life, people who aren't connected, aren't, aren't in fellowship with a church anywhere, that God has intentionally put in your life, who maybe don't have a relationship with him. So Colossians 4, 5 says this, live wisely among those who are not believers, and make the most of every opportunity. God wants you to make the most of every opportunity that you have with the people in your life who are not yet followers of Jesus. So look on your outline there. I think it's on the back of your outline, the little circles there. These are four, the four different circles of impact, so to speak. Okay, the circles of impact that everybody has in their life. And we're gonna look at beginning with the smallest circle, uh, those, those people that are closest to you, and we're gonna work our way out to the, the ones who are maybe that you know a little bit less intimately, okay? Those are the, uh, the four different circles. So in the first box, so in the box, we're gonna write the four different areas of your life that you know people, that we know, you know people, friends, acquaintances, you'll see. And then as I give you the different spheres of relationships with the people that you have in your life, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about specific people in each one of these circles that you know, okay? The actual names of people that you know that, that aren't followers of Jesus, don't have a church home, who need God in their life, and I want you to write their name down on your outline, okay? So here's the first circle, your family, your family. Just write down the word family there. Now, your family, obviously, are the ones who at least are supposed to be the closest to you, right? So this is Andrew, you know, here in the story. This is what Andrew and, uh, and Peter were, right? Andrew, when he first followed Jesus, the very first person that popped into his mind, you know, that he could reach out to was his brother Peter. And when he got to Peter, he basically said, hey, come and see for yourself. You know, you got to meet this guy, Jesus, you know, this is who we've been talking about. This is who we've been looking for. But you come and meet him. So the simple question is, who are the family in your life that don't know Jesus? You know? It could be your spouse. It could be a parent. It could be a child, a cousin, aunt, uncle. I don't know. You know, who are the family in, in your life that you could invite to come to church with you over Easter weekend whose lives you know would be better if they had a real encounter with Jesus? So that's like the, the first inner circle of influence that we have. And as you think of those names, if you think of that person, again, right underneath there, I just want you to write down, write down a name. Now, the second circle uh, is friends. Friends. That's the category, that of uh, Philip and Nathaniel, right? Philip chooses to follow Jesus, and he begins to follow Jesus, and the first person that pops into his mind was his friend Nathaniel. So he goes and gets his friend, 
Uh, Nathaniel, remember, doesn't want to come at first. And Philip's like, yeah, come on now. You got to come see for yourself. You know, I, I don't want to argue about this. You just come and see what he's like. And Nathaniel did. And it forever changed his life. So what about you? You know, who, who are the friends in your life? Might, might have been somebody you hung out with over the weekend. Went to the bridge run with. You know, who are the people that, you know, if you're ever in trouble, if you're ever in need, that, you know, you call those people first. Somebody you did something with this week. Who are the friends in your life that you know aren't yet followers of Jesus, you care about them, and you know their lives would be better if they had an encounter with God? So write their name down. And I'm seriously hoping that as we go through these circles that you come up with at least three names. Now, some of you have already written down like 12, right? You know, you know a bunch. But, but think of as many as you can. By the way, this is how I became a Christian. Now, like many of you, you know, here in the Deep South, I grew up, you know, going to church, you know, for a time. And then our family, like many families, just stopped going to church. But I was a teenager, and uh, a friend from school, a friend that I hung out with, spent weekends with, invited me to go to church with him and his family. And, and get this, you ready for this? A week later, a week after that invitation, I give my life to Jesus. And I, and the day I gave my life to Christ, I knew God was calling me to be a pastor. One week, friend invites me from school, hey, come with us to church. I give my life to Christ. I'm called to go in the ministry. And you're here because a friend invited me to church. It's, it's that simple. The third circle of influence is coworkers, classmates. Coworkers or classmates. You know, just, everybody, just about everybody in this room you know, has a job um, or is in school, right? One or the other. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, Pastor Chris, yeah, but I'm in a job. I absolutely hate it. I don't even like my coworkers, you know? Or you, you might be thinking, I'm in a class. I can't stand. I can't stand my class. I can't stand my school. And the question ought to be, though, why does God have me here? Why? Do you ever think that God has you where you are because you're surrounded by people who don't know him? And he wants to use you as a missionary. You know, maybe just, just to love them. Show them what a follower of Jesus looks like. Plant some seed. Think about it. Who are your coworkers or classmates that don't know God? It might be the meanest person, the most sour person, you know, you might feel like this person is nothing more than heavenly sandpaper in my life, Pastor Chris. But you think for a moment, what could their life be like if they met the same Jesus that you met? You met? If they experienced the same grace and love that, that you have? Write their name down. If you know a, a coworker or a friend, that needs Jesus. The fourth circle that I want to talk about is uh, neighbors slash community. Neighbors or community. 
So these may be people that, you know, maybe you live with in an apartment building or, you know, in your neighborhood. Uh, these could be the people that you see at community events or maybe at your gym on a regular basis. Or maybe, you know, you go to that same place uh, every morning to get coffee or to have breakfast on a regular basis. Or, uh, you know, the same people are there. Or maybe you're a parent or, a, you know, and uh, you have this uh, play group that, that you're always with. And, you know, the same parents are a, are a part of. And maybe, you know, some of these people aren't people that you would classify as your, your closest friends, but you know them. You share something in common, and you're around them. Listen, who are the people that you know in in that circle? And you never know. You could just extend a simple invitation and say, hey, you know, come to church with me. Would you be my friend and, you know, come to church this weekend? Because you never know. You never know what might happen. In fact, um, this morning in your... uh, in your bulletin today, if these haven't fallen all over the floor, um, this is our, people ask all the time, Pastor Christian, man, your, y'all's church is growing. Like, what's your strategy to reach people? And typically I'll say two words, invest and invite. Invest and invite. So this is a little invest and invite card. By the way, a lot, just about everything we give you is for you to give away to other people, little invite tools. In fact, today, you know, in the seat pocket in front of you, these are the Easter tickets. That's all we got left. And then there's some more cards and things outside there at the table, uh, Pick all that stuff up and uh, take them this week. Use them. But this, this is not for that. Okay, this is for you. On the front it says, I will seek to invest in others who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and invite them to Coastal. And there's that verse, Colossians 4, 5 that we just read. And then on the back of it it says this. The following is a list of three people, at least three, that I am attempting to invest in and invite to Coastal. I'll pray for them daily, I'll share my my faith, my verbal witness, and I'll invite them to church. And this is just meant for you to write their names down, keep this in your wallet. You know, it kind of looks like a credit card, right? You know the old question, who's in your wallet, right? Who's in your wallet? Who are you praying for? And again, guys, you you know, we're not talking about being, you know, freaky or weird or anything like that. I'm just talking about loving the people that are in your life, living for Jesus, praying for them, serving them, loving them. And as you're doing that, God opens the door and you extend a simple invitation. So believe that Jesus changes lives. He wants to use you. Um, Identify the people in your life. You're three, you're five, you're 12. And that leads us to number four. And again, care enough to extend an invitation to church. Just care enough to extend an invitation. You know, if you really believe that Jesus changes lives, that he is the way, the truth, and the life to eternal life and life here and now, and you can identify some people in your life who might possibly need them, need him, then all you have to do is just care enough about them to invite them to come and see for themselves. That's what Philip did with his friend Nathaniel. You know, he basically told Nathaniel, hey, come and check it out for yourself, you know? Nathaniel pushes back a little bit, like, ah, come on, man, I don't want to argue with you. He's changed my life. You know, just come and see. By the way, and this is a reminder for, for those of you sometimes you get a little down and discouraged or frustrated, you know, you're not responsible for the outcome. You're not. You know, don't beat yourself up if, if they don't come. Um, don't, don't beat yourself up if they don't, don't respond. You know, don't get frustrated. Don't give up. What? Keep investing. 
You know, keep loving, keep sharing, keep serving, keep praying, keep living your faith. Build that relationship, build that friendship. Over time, you'll have an opportunity to share what a difference Jesus has made in your life. You'll be able to share a little bit about your faith, and then you just keep making the invitation, and you just leave it up to God. Because people coming to faith, man, it's, it's a process. And you and I are simply just one little link in the chain that brings people to Christ. You're not responsible for their decisions, but you're just responsible for yours, for spreading the seed. You can't make it grow. Only God does that. Number five, finally, just experience God's blessing in my life. God's blessing in my life. Man, you know, why? Why does God make such a big deal about you know, us sharing our faith, about helping people, reaching out to people, and in, in, inviting people. Why is that so important? Well, I think it's important because if you think about it, after it's all said and done, and either God calls you home or Jesus comes again, in heaven, there are only two things that you're never gonna be able to do again. Only two. I mean, man, we are gonna party we're going to dance. We're going to sing. It's going to be unbelievable. We're going to be able to do everything that brings you joy in heaven. But there's two things you won't be able to do. One is sin. No sin in heaven. It is a perfect place, and there will be no pain or hurt or Fear or anger or cancer. It'll be a perfect place. Won't be able to sin. But there's one other thing you'll never be able to do in heaven. You will not be able to tell your friends about Jesus. It will be too late. You won't be able to invite them to come and see for themselves, to see what a difference Jesus can really make. You won't be able to help other people get connected to God. You won't be able to invite them to church. And that's why God blesses those who do. You receive a blessing. I just want to close with this last verse. I believe that this is what Jesus will say to those who are faithful to those who are faithful with the greatest gift that he gives us, the gift of his Savior, Jesus. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small thing, this small amount, so now I will give you many, many more responsibilities. Come. Let's celebrate together. I can't wait to see Jesus face to face. And I hope he says that about me and I hope he says that about you. Let's be faithful with this, this gift that we have. Who's in your wallet? Who are you going to reach out to this week? Let's leverage the resurrection. Maybe you walked in here today and you are carrying a burden. 
Listen, you were never meant to carry the burden of shame and sin and regret and unforgiveness. Jesus said, come to me, those of you who are carrying that, and give it to me. Give it to him today. I pray you will. Bow your heads and pray with me today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus, the greatest gift of all. May you find this church, these people, faithful in being stewards of the greatest gift of all, the gift of your son, Jesus. May we be your hands and feet this week and every week as we reach out in love to the world around us. And if you are here today and you are ready to unload the biggest burden of all, the burden of your own sin to Jesus. God is ready. He, you're not here by accident. He has been drawing you to himself. He says, come, come home. Pour your heart out to him right now. Admit the obvious, that you are a savior, that you are a sinner in need of a savior, and one has been provided. It's Jesus. And ask him humbly to come into your life to forgive you and to be your Lord and to be your Savior. And if you'll do that, he will. He will give you eternal life and the greatest life here and now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.